What's up, guys? Your boy Chingo here. Before we get into the episode, quick reminder we would really appreciate your support at patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. You guys are the reason we still have freedom of speech. I took a big risk stepping out of the mold, going against the grain, and talking about this perspective on all the issues that affect our lives. So if you dig that red pill tamal, sign up, join the community, and get access to multiple shows, premium content. We got episodes dropping out the wazoo. All right, that's it. Enjoy the show. Sass. Ladies and gentlemen, we coming at you live, live, live. This is RPT, Red Pill Tamales, season number eight, episode number 88. This is Wednesday, September 15th, year of our Lord, 2021. Rob, you realize it's it's been 549 days since COVID was declared a national emergency. Do you remember what you were doing on March 13th, 2020? No, I don't remember the exact day. I just remember like just hearing like, man, you know, the governor, what did the governor say? What did Trump say? What's the, what did the CDC say? Yeah, because that's I, what I remember. I remember the World Health Organization tweeting. You can still find it tweeting that uh, basically saying there's no human to human. You know, it doesn't transfer human to human. You know, they were just putting out their own little misinformation in the beginning. Yeah. And they continue to do that. Five hundred and how many days later? Five hundred and whatever it is. Yeah, it's super confusing. And here we are, uh, 14 days to stop the spread. And now they now they want you, uh, Fauci suggesting that you should have the jab in order to be able to travel. However, I am a stand-up comedian. I am on tour. Big shout out to all the people that came out to the five shows in El Paso, Texas. Dude, somebody made their own Tia shirt, their own Tamal Intelligence Agency. What? People had their own shirts. Um a beautiful crowd, diverse crowd. People are like, hey, man, I support Trump, too. And a lot of Border Patrol, lots of Border Patrol people were there. Um, so, yeah, man, shout out to uh, the comic strip. We had a great time. El Paso, Texas, beautiful town. Five shows. Most of them were sold out. Uh, I was nervous, though, because Thursday night, you know, it wasn't 100 percent sold out. So I'm like, damn. And then the the owner of the club was like, bro, you you pissed off all La Raza. What happened? <laughs> He's like, you had some hate comments. We ran an ad and you had some hate. I had to go in there and delete them. And I was like, man, it's a big city. There's always going to be trolls. And uh, sure enough, man, every other day after that was super packed. I'm headed to Brea, California, weather permitting, uh, September 15th. Well, tonight, <laughs> Oxnard, California, September 16th. So... For those of y'all listening, uh, we're doing this via Zoom because it's a fucking shit show. Uh, you know, Houston, Texas, right here in the Gulf of Mexico, there's always something brewing around this time of year. And hopefully it misses us. But uh, here we are, man. It's one of those, like, do I spam people, let them know I'm coming? Or do I tell them shows postponed for the millionth time? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That was a show that kept getting pushed off, right? Yeah. A lot of, I think Oxnard, man, last time they didn't have the staff. They couldn't staff it. Well, no. So, so listeners know this is Wednesday's public episode. Uh, shout out to all the TIA and the patrons that are supporting and that sign up and they get the Friday episodes and Monday episodes. But we, we have this uh, tropical storm, Nicholas, that's supposed to hit us uh, Monday, Tuesday, and maybe even Wednesday. So hopefully it kind of just blows over the next two days. You can catch a flight on Wednesday. We can go about our business because it's putting a damper on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we don't lose power or get flooded or anything like that. But hey, here we are. Uh, Addison, Texas, October 7th through the 10th. San Antonio, Texas, October 14th through the 16th. 
Irvine, California. I'll be at the Improv November 3rd. And then finally, we end the tour. It's right around the corner. Houston, Texas, November 5th through the 7th. Por favor, believe it. Sass. Tight. Well, you got we got ads running in those cities anyway, so I'm sure it'll pack out just like El Paso did. For sure, man. God willing, God willing. But uh, how was the... Yeah, you said the shows were great. You made it back. You're going to head out. It, have you ever gone and come and only have like a two-day window before you're back on a flight somewhere else? Like, is, Do you do that often? Uh, man, I have a really bad memory, but um, I'm sure it's happened quite a bit. But uh, I feel like we've we've uh we've managed to spread things out but it's just like right now though like post covid just trying to bounce back it's one of those where it's like dude just hustle just get to work you know you don't have the luxury like these days everything's always up in the air you don't have the luxury of saying oh i just want to do two big weekends in a month it's like you might have to go out back to back on the road again Yes, sir. So your boy Fauci did say that, uh, you know, we might want to have people vaccinated before they can get on a plane. And then he also put in the schools and the vaccinations in that same conversation. Yeah. And you know what, man? I was listening to uh, Bannon and he had a bunch of um, medical doctors and they were complaining how they felt censored, how they feel that it's a pandemic of censorship, meaning what they found from their experience, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. So I'm just relaying what they, in general, what they were saying. They were saying that they've seen great results when they attack the virus early, when they can get people on treatments early. It doesn't necessarily have to be jab or else. It could be like, you know, there's treatments and they've, they've proven to be very effective. There's a variety. There's a whole gamut. You know, you got the Rogan, the Rogan pack, uh, there's just a variety of medicines. Um, so I don't know, man. It, it it just, here's my thing. It's not that I'm afraid of the jab itself. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned with the Vax passport, social credit score, uh, your current digital currencies tied into it. Um, you know, you can no longer say certain things, take pictures with certain people. You can't, you know, have a certain opinion because your credit score goes down and I just I just don't like the government mixing in so much with the medical system, right, which is designed to, you know, these doctors take an oath and it's their job to, you know, case by case basis, right. not just a blanket approach. So that's the thing that I'm a little bit weary of. Well, did you see that the UK eliminated the vaccine passport plan? Oh, no. What happened? That was So that was today. So uh, the UK eliminates vaccine passport plan amid mounting discrimination lawsuits. So Benny Johnson had posted this. I saw it just before we actually hopped on the podcast. So that I actually, you know, just thinking real quick, the US has to follow suit, right? Like just I read it. I was like, okay, I'm going to bring it up on the podcast as soon as we start, just so we can kind of ping pong. Because based off what you're saying, that is like the most feared thing. The social credit score, the vaccine passports, the segregation among people. Like right now, with like I, New York is, again, like it's going to be the epicenter of like what's going to happen. First, it was like with COVID and all the deaths and the nursing homes and the lockdowns and the mandates. Now this, you know, depending on who, you, like what uh, demographic you're looking at, I, I don't know what the latest number was, but it was like, 12 or 14% of black people in New York are, are vaccinated. You know, that's it. Um, last last time I heard, um, I thought it was like only 29% or okay. something like that. Okay. Which, which still, either way you look at it, you have 70% of African-Americans in New York City who, it's like Jim Crow all over again. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, man, yeah. you telling me these folks can't sit at the same lunch counter or that we all got to, you know, pick up our uh, meals around back. And uh, I, I even made the joke when I was on the Ghetto Boys podcast, which hasn't, they haven't aired my episode yet. But um, I said, I forget how it came up, but I was like, I was like in New York City, I was like, I can't even, I can't even drink out the same water fountain <laughs> as the Baxter. <laughs> I got to I got to sip out they say vaxxed only. I can't drink out of that one. They're going to cut that part out like, "Ah, we're going to cut that out." Yeah, there was a few parts where they're just like, "Ooh. Ooh." Like I like I even said cracker on there because <laughs> because uh they were like, "What's gringo?" And Willie was trying to explain it to Scarface. He's like, "Well, it's kind of like a derogatory." He was having a hard time. He's like, "It's derogatory towards." It's kind of saying, "I was like, it's like cracker," <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, dude, <laughs> what happened to us where we can't even say something with a context of like it's, it's it wasn't a joke or in a parody or yeah, whatever?" It's like, I'm not I'm not calling anyone a cracker. I'm not like saying, "Hey, we should all use the word." I'm just letting you know kind of what gringo means. It's kind of. It, like he said, it's derogatory. If you say it, it's all in the context, though, right? <laughs> and then this is how I saved myself because they were like, "Ooh!" I said, "Hey, man, look. According to half the country, I'm a victim. I'm oppressed. I'm according to the uh, what is the oppression wheel of the, the oppression of, pyramid." Yeah, when you look at like gender and all this other crap, I was like, technically, I'm a victim. I'm oppressed, so I should be able to. I can't punch up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. And that same, I wanted to keep that uh, that point going as far as like the UK banning the um, mm. the uh, vaccine passport. And then you have people, this is today too, in Canada, like police officers, firefighters, paramedics, they're all holding silent protest in, in uh, the Queen's Park in Toronto. And then you got people in, uh, what's this, New York City, like like just storming. I don't know what bridge, not storming. I don't want to use the word storming because then I feel like the one yeah, six yeah. verbiage, right? People get triggered. Exactly. But I don't know what bridge it is, but a huge bridge, people are walking just side by side, signs up, like they're not having it. So I know it's like with all the stuff we read and watch and stuff, it's like, it makes you feel a little bit pessimistic about what's going on. But I feel like, again, going back to the pendulum swinging that I've been bringing up week after week, I feel like the people are going to have their uprising and they're just not going to take it. Yeah, man. I don't know, bro. I hope you're right. Um, and I don't know what that kind of uprising looks like, only because I feel like a lot of people are trying to stand up and raise hell in, in their own way. For example, you'll have, you know, different voices on Twitter, influence, influential people kind of like speaking out and warning. You'll have different Congress people, um, you know, big politicians, you know, whether it's your Matt Gates or your Rand Paul's and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, um, you have big podcasts, you have Joe Rogan, Steve Bannon, you have like, I feel like a lot of people, you even have like the moms going up to the um, the schools saying like, hey, y'all are othering my children, like y'all are, you know, y'all are, for, like, like Marissa said on uh, her lounge podcast, but she's like, they're trying to mark my son absent for like taking a break with the mask at outdoors at recess and saying, saying, oh, it doesn't fit dress code or what have you. So like, I feel like across different fronts, whether it's the people you mentioned and um, was it the first responders? Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are, are speaking out and pushing back, but it, it, it just feels like it's coming to a boiling point where you're not really having dialogue. You're not really having conversation. You're just getting a whole bunch of like, oh yeah, Jimmy Kimmel said you stupid Trumpers are eating horse goo. And 
you know, people pissed off at Rogan for beating the Rona <laughs> yeah. over the weekend or whatever. And it's just like, oh, my God, um, who is it? Rona Stone lying about Oklahoma and hospitals. And I mean, people getting fired. They just keep kind of like dropping the hammer. Like, you know, Biden's rhetoric getting on TV saying our patience is wearing thin. It's a pandemic of the unvaxxed. Um well, that whole just, phrase, right? That you've seen that clip where it's like, "It's not about your personal choice. It's not about your freedom. Our patience is wearing thin." Who? Yeah. What American president has ever said anything that's come close to that? Like I like we said earlier, man, it's, it's such a sticky situation because even the doctors feel like their hands are tied. Where they're like, "Hey, man, I took an oath. I I read, you know, I understand science. They're looking at the data. They're talking to their their um." what do you call them? They're patients, right? And they're trying to come up with a, an approach to help save lives. But you, you you find yourself in this system where like, hey, you can't use that. That one's off limits. That one's too cheap. You know, um, we really, we're trying to push this, you know, we're pushing these things, not not those things because they're, they're affordable. <laughs> well, similar to like in the UK, how, you know, it, it, amid all of these lawsuits, these discrimination lawsuits is why they, they said, all right, you know what? No vaccine passports, we give up. Here in the States, we still have this guy who's going around Congress. Like, he's going around actual legislation and just saying, like, mandate this and we're mandating that. It's not technically legal. And the more people that raise hell about it, the more lawsuits that they're going to find in Supreme Court. And there's no way that you can uphold this. Like, the travel thing, for instance, Fauci's saying, he actually even continued to say in that clip, I don't know if you saw the full thing, where he feels like Biden was being a moderate when he said that, you know, people shouldn't, that they should be vaccinated in order to travel, that he felt like he would back up, he would support more stringent measures or whatever. There's an, and then there's that lady on CNN that always goes and talks about uh, Dr. Chen or Yen, the like, the, the plant parenthood lady. Yeah. She's always talking about like, yeah, like, you know, these people, blah, 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 talking all her rhetoric. And she said yesterday, day before, like, I don't, there's no right that says that, you know, Americans can travel. Like, I don't think so. And there actually, there is a right. That is a right Americans have to travel freely state to state. That was, that was a battle that was won in the Supreme Court. So that's one of those things where like people that watch, you know, the, the Cuomo's and whatever, they don't look up anything. They just take it for face, face value. And then, yeah, se acabó. Yeah, man, it's a sticky situation because like, even not, not all, not all Democrats are, um, vaccinated you know no. what i mean so it's just this weird this weird ass thing and i asked on twitter today i said if trump was the one mandating this stuff how would the left be reacting right now oh my god dictator tyrann tyranny i mean i don't know i expect what do you think i feel like they would have been impeachment number three you know <laughs> impeachment number whatever number he would have been on and uh, the same thing would have happened. People would be taken to the streets. But the difference is that when they take to the streets, you're probably going to see a lot more fires and looting and, you know, crime. Yeah. Yeah. But th but that's nothing when they when they keep thinking that uh, one six was a uh, insurrection storm and in insurrection and this and that. I think they when finally like you feel like they finally lost that battle because you don't you're not here anymore. Like, I think it's already been essentially debunked. Like right? it, it was not a planned thing. Well, yeah, but here's how it works, though, bro. The damage is already done. People, the lame, the layman, the person walking about and getting in their own little debates and discussions, they bring it up all the time. Like the whole purpose of it was to paint, you know, Trump supporters, concert, whatever, people on the right, Republicans, what have you, as these crazy QAnon insurrectionist people who, um, 
you know, who basically were instructed by their cult leader to to uh, try to take over the government. That's how they see it. And you could tell them to your blue in the face, bro, did who are you talking about? The feds? OK, how many informants do you even know that? Do you know why they dropped the uh, the investigation? Because they saw there was no like collusion between the militias. There was no pre-planning. And you could even tell them, do you know how many hours of video Pelosi is keeping hidden that they don't want you to see because it's going to ruin their whole narrative. And you try to tell them they have political, these political prisoners or whatever in stuck in these little American Guantanamo Bay. Can't see their lawyer like 23 hours a day. They've been in there for like what? Eight months. Yeah. Some of them haven't even been charged. Like, well, what am I in here for, bro? You holding me for eight months. And it's like, you know, it's crazy. So the damage is done. Even though, like, like you just finished mentioning, you know, the Fed said, "Hey, man, we're going to drop our little investigation because, you know, I guess you could speculate that it was only going to start looking bad on them." <clears throat> but uh, for example, one of Jerry Garcia's homeboys, Jerry Garcia, he uh, featured for me in El Paso, and one of his buddies was around, and um, he was, you know, we were, somehow politics <laughs> came up, right? And um, he was like. Dude, you think Trump's going to run again? I was like, I'm pretty sure he is. He's like, dude, he's going to be like super old. And I was like, I guess, but I don't know who's running yet, bro. Like, I, I don't know who the people are going to be and who he's up against and all that. And then he's like, I mean, would y'all vote for someone else if it isn't Trump? I was like, it's not all about Trump, bro. I was like, what do you think about DeSantis? And he's like, oh, that dude's crazy. I was like, why? He's like, dude, he's like ruining Florida. <laughs> I was like, how is he ruining Florida? He's killing people. I was like, how is he killing people? He, he, in his mind, wherever he got this opinion assigned to him, in his mind, this dude is like Cuomo and he's like running. There's bodies everywhere. And we were in Texas while he was telling me this. And I was like, bro, they say the same thing about us, but all y'all moving over here. Why are so many people moving to Florida? Obviously something ain't adding up. Somebody's lying. Was this Somebody's a comic or just a dude? Well, he does. Yeah, he does stand up okay. too. But, um, uh, you know, you know, I know comedians don't have the time, you know, to just go and watch C-SPAN or news. And then after they watch the news, they go and read like what's going on or watch some independent sources. But at the same time, like if you're going to say something like he's out there killing people, dude, I mean, you got to do a little bit of reading, a little bit of research, at least oh, try to it. try to find the contradicting narrative to whatever you were just told. Yeah, at least at least like give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, in other words, Hey, bro, what do you think of me? Do you think I'm a loony cuckoo, someone who doesn't know how to communicate or someone who just didn't arrive? Like when I sit here and tell you, I would argue that DeSantis is doing a good job for certain reasons. Like, do you at least give me the benefit of the doubt? You know what I mean? Like you're on my show. At least give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> okay. You, know what I'm saying? you should have been like, all right, let's ask you this. Do you feel like DeSantis, who's been regarded for a year now as like the mayor or the governor rather of this country, the governor of America, potential 2024 candidate, if not vice president candidate at the very least, or Gavin Newsom, who's under recall, who's been caught, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like that would be and, the and best so, comparison. And that was his, that was his whole stance. His whole stance was like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah. Like basically like Newsom needs to stay oh. basically. So there's a lot, Rob, there's a lot of people out there who hate Elder. They, oh, I asked him that. I was like, hey, man, so what do you think? Like, what's up with Elder? He's like, oh, man, that dude's crazy, bro. 
like, nah, dude, he's whack and this and that. And I'm like, okay, so you think Newsom's doing a good job? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. I was like, bro, y'all have a lot of homelessness. You know, crime is up. It's super expensive. You know, taxes. He's not managing the fires. Y'all got rolling blackouts. Like, I'm just like throwing some stuff at him to see if some of it he could say, okay, well, that part's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Or here's the, here's the, what they're not telling you about that issue. Yo, yo, yo. Quick reminder. If you haven't yet, Join us now. Go to patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. It's the only way to keep the show growing and to keep it going. You know, we bought that freedom of speech. So we hope you like all the content. And that's all I got to say. When you get a chance, hit up patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. All right, back to the show. But my point is, I'm not bringing it up to pick on them. I'm bringing it up to just illustrate how, I guess, the zeitgeist, like it's two movies on the same screen. Like you could literally in your mind, be like, bro, the movie I'm watching is DeSantis is about freedom. He's going to make sure they're not doing no Vax passport. He's going to get rid of critical race theory. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to try to keep Florida free and strong and healthy. But from someone else's perspective, depending on what they're consuming media wise, whatever, they're just kind of like, Oh man, that guy is killing people. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's getting to the point where, and I hate to use the term civil war because I feel like mainstream media has thrown it around in like a really, in a really like it's it's MAGA's fault or the right's fault that we're in this like boiling point civil war kind of kind of place. But if you think about it, there's so many states that are governed so differently and they're governed with such different end results or end goals in mind that I don't I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that we actually get to the point where this United States is no longer United States. It's just, I don't know, individual sovereign, you know, entities governed by whatever, like if people that want to be governed under Gavin Newsom want to do that, they're just going to stay there. Everyone else is going to go to Texas or Florida or or, or or Tennessee or whatever, and then they're going to be governed by those people the way they want to be governed. And maybe that's just the path that we go. Yeah, and then we're also seeing this conflict between, like, you know, federal versus states. You know, Biden saying, like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure, you know, have at it. Yeah, you know, he says they're go- they're gonna have at it for sure. Like, that's the whole fundamentals of this country is like you you can't govern the states. The states govern themselves. But yet, this old man, this old tales from the crypt, you know, keeper is trying to run everything. <laughs> we haven't even gotten uh, to any of the list. But yeah, man, good pivot into uh, the California special election is tomorrow, September 14th, 2021, and voters everywhere showing up to vote and being told that they already voted, all of which have been Republican voters, according to local news outlets. So yeah. there's some shenanigans already coming coming up to, uh, to the surface. Yeah, so I had a lot of people, a lot of podcast listeners send that to my personal account. Those, you know, different, you know, whatever the local... Uh, news stations are. I mean, there's like Inglewood and some other, you know, local areas were having their their things set up at schools or like auditoriums or whatever. People were showing up, man. People as old as like, this lady, one of them that put on TV was probably in her 70s or 80s. And she still like, like she looked like she was kicking strong, but she was like, I mean, I went up there to vote and they told me I already voted and they were trying to have, you know, they had technical difficulties and they sent her away. And as she was leaving, she told two people, Hey, don't be surprised if they told you you already voted. And she, she's like, yeah, they already told me that. Like, what? Well, I mean, of course, people on the left are going to say like, well, that's hearsay. And uh, have they fact checked these people? But the fact of the matter is, you know, elections have to be auditable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Scott Adams made a point. He said uh, 
He said if Trump, he said if Trump comes out as a whiny baby and his whole campaign is just whining, complaining, talking about they stole it from me, they stole it from me, that's gonna be a turnoff. Yeah. But but if he just but if he does say, hey, I may have won, I may have not, I don't know, but I believe that for the sake of our republic, for the sake of our country, we need to make sure that we're able to check up on elections. They have to be auditable. And what we're seeing based on that story that's you know circulating, um, you know, we're seeing that like nobody's trying hard enough to fix it. Like there's always some, oh, well, we gotta wait to 2022 or 2024. It's like besides Wendy Rogers and the and the people actively trying to get the subpoenas and do the canvassing and uh the forensic audits, and even they're having a hard time. Yeah. I think Wendy Rogers up to like 700,000 signatures on she wants to decertify the Arizona elections. And they did the canvassing and a whole bunch of weird anomalies and stuff's coming up with that. Like, whoa, how many people voted from this address? And if you told a lefty Larry this stuff, they're in their news bubble. They're probably like, what? What? They're still checking the votes. It's already been counted like three times. It's like, bro, they're now doing the canvassing. They're going to these addresses and seeing, hey, how many people voted from this address? Because it says this many people voted. Dude, all right. So it's it, we're, we're like in September. It'll be October. It'll be one year from election day before we know it. We're going to come up on one year of this podcast, you know, being underway. And then next thing you know, the midterms are going to happen. And we're, it's going to be the same thing. People are still going to be counting. People are still going to be talking about this. I don't remember how long that um, that Bush versus Gore thing went on in Florida. I don't think it was nearly this long, but and, and actually, no, saw- no, no. It, yeah, it was different. It wasn't like like what's happening now is like we have a dude in office. Everyone's questioning his uh, legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's still active like states kicking in their audits. From what I, I was young, when the Bush Gore thing, it was just like. It was probably like no more than a week, like a few days where it's like, and we had to recount Florida and Bush one. Right. Yeah. See, it was, it was like that. Now you're talking about maybe a week or two. Now we're going to go into like a year or two years where this is still like the topic of conversation. And people are just in the meantime, like people are going to have to to really like decide to find out more about why this controversy has been going on for a year or two. Like if, if you still just kind of like take what the news says two years from election, 2020 election, you're a lost cause and you're probably going to vote blue all the time anyway. But people that are kind of in the middle, they're going to start listening to like Bill Maher. Like Bill Maher, every, every week he like gets a little bit more like on the, he's, he's hit to what the fuck's going on, right? He's calling people out on the left, left and right. And those people are probably going to seek out some more conservative to mid to like mid grade type of center right content. And come 2024, I think it'll be a completely different ballgame where he won't have to say whoever's voting or whoever's running won't have to say like they stole the 2020 election. It'll be known enough. And then the people that were kind of like in the middle will have done enough research to be like, you know what, I just don't feel it went the right way or I don't feel like the, you know, the the administration did a great job. So I'm just going to vote and give this other guy another chance, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. You know, it's really exposing, uh, I guess, the legitimacy of the Biden regime. King Biden <laughs> was really exposing his his whole credibility is being questioned because supposedly this dude is the first man in history to beat an incumbent who actually gained popularity from his first term. Right. Mm-hmm. That's never been done before. All kind of anomalies. 
Suppose that he got more votes than Obama, so on and so forth. Most popular, cleanest elections ever, 81 million votes, what have you. And then you start to see these polls from like the left where it's like, oh, this percentage of Democrats think he's he did a good job on Afghanistan or this percentage of Americans <clears throat> think he's handling the economy well. This percentage uh, think he actually really won. This percentage think he did OK with Afghanistan. Like his approval ratings are just so low. And it's proven that even like the independents, like the, the people that are just whatever, I'm, I'm neither. Uh, you know, it's like there's no base is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like 81 million ain't there. And, with, and when you look at these approval ratings, it just exposes the fact that like he, he lost the independents. The independents that are like, OK, well, let's give him a chance, you know, see how he does, whatever. Right. I'm not this hardcore uh, righty Ricky <laughs> and I'm not a lefty Larry. Um, they're like, yeah, nah, he's fucking up. Yeah, I think you said it even better than I did, which is that is that those people in the middle, the independent is what they always re- refer to them as, are the people that are just not going to... I mean, think of, people are talking about this guy running, like Biden running again. He could potentially be the nominee Ooh. in 2024. Who thinks that? There are people, there are outlets on the left, you know, from independent people to just like... I've heard mainstream media say, like, if they choose to run him again, if he's still, you know, if he's still kicking... In 2024, that as it lies right now, that's probably going to be the best bet. If you were to think about like who who are they like Kamala, they're not going to get Kamala Harris. Are they going to get who are they going to get uh, Bernie back out there for a fifteenth time? Are they going to get you know Elizabeth? Warren? What are we doing right? So whatever the case may be, and I think Trump's supposed to like he's been uh, saying this for months, but he's going to be like I'm going to say, you know who fool Mark Cuban? Oh my god, or The Rock or somebody. But go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just putting some loud laughs, some laughs on the background. Okay. Um, no, I think the independents absolutely are going to vote right. And then the people that like us that are like, like this, this trend, this FBJ trend, you know, that's going around, it's bleeding into other large events. I don't know if you've been seeing these, but like yeah. concerts, you know. Yeah, FJB, FJB. F- FJB, yeah. I want to say FBJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're talking about Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no dude but uh yeah I, 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 it seems evident to me personally i know it's super early we're like halfway through this first year of this guy but come hey on. i showed it i showed it to uh, jerry and his homeboy and anybody that was like i guess kind of democrat when we were in el paso i showed him like man look at this man this is in alabama man this is mississippi and they're just like oh it's not the whole stadium no it's just that little section right there oh and okay like, right, well, uh, hey. and i'm like okay well you know <laughs> tripping dude I'm gonna send you a video after this from the uh, the Daily Wire put out, and I love these videos. People are making more and more of them. Biden's been in office almost 50 years. It's like 47 or 48 years or whatever. This guy's track record is so unbelievably terrible that the fact that he's like the the Cinderella story of like of like Rocky or or whatever. Like he is the American dream. He is the Mexican that came to America and made it. This guy's got the worst track record and somehow, just before 80, made it to president of the United States. How other other than some straight tomfoolery did that happen? Well, man, a lot of tomfoolery. I mean, you had um man, you had Mark Zuckerberg spending a billion, I forget how many millions of dollars for those voting drop boxes. I mean. You had, I mean, you had big tech silence and stuff. You know, they hide in the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, they trying to make 
Trump look bad, like he caused Corona. Um, I mean, like, for example, earlier when you mentioned, um, I think you mentioned like Al Gore, I guess it was the Al Gore thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, back then, you didn't have social media oligarchs, you know what I mean, that were interfering and tampering and, and, you know, messing with the, the public conversation and you got bots and you know, all this kind of crap. And then, you know, when Trump won the first time, they were like, Russia, 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 Russia used Facebook, uh, Cambridge Analytica. Uh, that's that's why Trump won. And it's like they ignored the fact that he was actually obviously I wasn't listening to him back then. But, yeah. You know, he, he was reaching people that were like, hey, man, America first, make it great again. Bring back jobs. Uh, these politics drain the swamp, you know, all the, the greatest hits <laughs> you know, drain the swamp. These politicians ain't shit. Did you hear anything in El Paso while you were there from any fans that kind of stuck out? Kind of like uh, the last time you were in, in uh, Cali with the young guys that were like, we got your back. Like, you know, anything throw you off there? Oh, yeah. Um, these two, um, I, I took pictures with people after the show and um, there was like two Latinas wanted a photo and they were like, they're like, hey, we're conservatives. And they're like, thanks for making it easier for us out here. Like, you're making it easier to be a Republican out here type of thing. And... <clears throat> That's cool. I, I dig that. And, you know, I have a, I don't know, I got this love hate thing with like labels. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, totally. I want to be able to, like, for example, fuck George Bush. I'm not, I'm not team Republican where I'm just going to go along with anybody that has that little R by their name. Uh, half of them are rhinos anyway. And I feel like if you have any friends that you're trying to persuade on the left or at least try to let them see where you're coming from. I don't know how they feel when you tell them, like, first of all, let me break this down to you, bro. It ain't really about the Republican Party, per se, because half of them full of shit. It's really more about like a, a pop economic populist, more of a MAGA type Republican. You know what I mean? That's actually going to try to do something for the working class blue collar folk. And I don't know that. I think that just shatters a big part of that narrative that's like. Well, I thought they were, you know, you had the stupid Mitt Romney's and you got these people and, you know, they're just hearing all the or like didn't Reagan sell dope via the CIA and with Freeway Ricky Ross and Compton. And, you know, what I mean, like they try to find all these little bad things that these warmongers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, first of all, punk ass George Bush, bro. Did you hear what he said in his little speech? I saw like a small clip of it, but I didn't watch the full thing. Where he like, didn't he like um, the 9-11 and the Capitol thing? Didn't he like try to make some kind of analogy there? Basically, he was basically saying like terrorism and people like Al-Qaeda and the Taliban is, is uh, you know, it's still alive and well today because you got these people on January 6th. Basically. <laughs> what? Basically. Yeah. So this warmonger, first of all, what's his body count? You know what I mean? He's the one that kicked it all off, you know? You know, how many drone strikes? Like, like man, I, I just, I don't know, bro. It's like when people realize Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney, Bush, Obama's, Clinton's, like they're all homies, the Bidens. When you realize they're all on the same little uniparty team, like they're all in cahoots, they're all sitting there laughing and shit, like little elitists. And meanwhile, they're, you know, talking shit about Trump's and, Trump, Trump tards and all this type of stuff. It's like, like bro, y'all, people don't even realize. You know, you're talking about like, it's not about the R by their name or whatever. And you're absolutely right. 
and you take it you take a look at like what's going on around the different blue states versus red states and you can try to convince people to you're blue in the face that those cities those blue cities for the most part aren't doing better and don't have a better uh like safety you know rating don't have a better familial you know uh rating if you want to raise a family there and they'll still deny it so how would you or how do you going forward just try to like almost like you're trying to diffuse a situation sometimes when people bring it up to you because i don't know about you but like i don't bring that stuff up to people it just inevitably always comes up and they want to talk about it with me i'm not trying to convince you of anything all i'm trying to do is just what do they bring up like what do you mean like specifically well well no specifically they just bring up the parties like how as a Mexican American, oh. could you go ahead and side with that or think that that was a better candidate or that the the language was better on that side? And to me, when they frame it that way, like, okay, the candidate, that side and the language. Already, if that's like what your concerns were, I don't know how to really, re- like, I don't know what the rebuttal can be. Like, what were the tweets that mean? You know, was the guy that offensive? Like, what, what do you mean well, by this, that? This is what I say. <clears throat> Most if not all of Trump's crises were media created. You know what I mean? It was all just like media, like ah, bombshell, you know, another, the, the walls are closing in. Like this could be the beginning of the end, you know, bombshell, another leak from the white house. It's all like media, media, hype, hype, fear, fear, clickbait, clickbait. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. Mm-hmm. And cause they need an enemy. Right. That's why right now they trying to paint Rogan, people like Rogan and DeSantis as like, the new Trump. Like, for example, today, Trump was like top news on CNN.com or even CNN just because he spoke, just because he said something. He just opened his mouth. I guess he, I can't remember what oh, he said. Oh, was it commentating at the Triller fight or what? Maybe. He said something. Like, maybe he said something like the election was rigged. I think that's what it was. He oh, was saying like. Oh, was it the, the 9-11? It was the 9-11 speech, I think. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but my point is they they a lot of these media outlets like if Trump runs again, he's going to save them. He's going to keep them in business. Like CNN w- won't go out of business if Trump runs again cuz they're going to have their little enemy. Right. And that's why they're trying to paint people like Rogan or DeSantis as like little Trumpers, you know, like a mini enemy so they can get their little shots off, you know what I mean? Right. But anyway, back to the the debate where you're talking to somebody and they're like how could you think this is a better candidate? But how could you think? It's like, man, just look at what Biden is doing right now. Look at how he's behaving. Look at what kind of like, all this mandate, tough talk. You know what I mean? It's like, look at what direction we're heading in. There's nothing unifying. There's nothing energetic. There's nothing good about how we exited Afghanistan. There's nothing good about the gas price. I mean, if you're paying attention to inflation or cost of goods, then... You know what I mean? They always try to say, well, fact check, uh, those are remnants of the Trump. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, taxes aren't up because Biden, because Biden hasn't done anything with that. That's all because your boy Trump. So, man, I don't know, bro. I, I think eventually they're just going to have to learn the hard way. Um, I was and at the same time, go ahead. just real quick, I'm going to just say this. At the same time, like as a stand up comedian, it's like I have to find that fine line between being all out you know, pro-Trump, super on the right, you know, whatever. And really just talk shit about all of it, Mm -hmm. wherever we can find any type of hypocrisy or anything goofy. But right now, a lot of goofy shit 
coming out the left. Yeah. Where like like these little clips I be putting on social media where I'm like, man, y'all goofy. Y'all, y'all on the same side as big tech. Y'all really think Fauci's the man. Like y'all can't wait to get governed. You know what I mean? And well, that clip of him saying, like, you know, you need to get jabbed if you want to travel. I, I saw one of the, I mean, many people posted it, but one of the publications that posted it, I went to their Instagram. I love this guy. Fauci is the man. Way to go, Fauci. And I'm like, man, and, and it looked like a real person. It didn't look like a bot in this case. And it's just like, wow, all right, those people are there. Like, it's, I know it's kind of hard for us to believe, but a lot of people are like gung ho about this guy's super authoritarian approach to everything. Well, I'm pretty sure they were vaccinated, and I'm pretty sure they believe that the vaccine is going to be the thing that's going to lead us back into freedom into uh, pre COVID days. And, um, for example, we uh, we went to the mall in El Paso, right? It was uh, uh, me, Jerry, uh, his homeboy, and uh, what's his name, Juan Juan Perez, up and comer from uh, San Antonio. So we're walking around the mall, we're driving and shit, we're parking, and I'm just pointing out. I'm just like, bro, look at all these people out here wearing masks in the parking lot, or they had their kids in the parking lot with the mask. I'm like, y'all can at least put it on when you actually have to like you're just out here it was hot bro it's mountainous it's desert like it's right next to new mexico it's it's not it's not human it's like fucking vegas it was it felt like phoenix out there right and um and i was just like thinking to myself like okay they obviously believe the mass work it's like it looks like they're afraid of oxygen and sunshine you know nobody in the media is saying hey guys don't forget you know, get your exercise. Don't forget to eat healthy, uh, rest, take your vitamins, uh, ex- you know, work out, get some sun. I was like, nobody's saying that. You having to just fucking have some common sense or maybe listen to Don, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick or something. They're out there fighting the fresh air, as Mighty Soul would say. Yeah. So, for example, the people that say, fuck yeah, Fauci's on point. Finally, the adults are in the room, the science, you know, the data. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Um, you know what I mean? It's like there's folks that, I mean, they had their little bitty kids muzzled up in their little stroller all in the mall. And to them, they probably just, I mean, you know, it's not up to me to tell them like, hey, that shit probably don't work. Because, I mean, they're probably like thinking, hey, mind your fucking business. You don't know what comorbidities we got. And what fear and who we've lost and you know the whole the whole thing of like it's in the air, bro, and we're gonna breathe it and then we're gonna die. Well, then you got that video or that clip where Fauci was asked on CNN, I think by Sanjay or somebody, what about the people or the studies that show that people that have had it have more immunity than those that get the jab? And his response was, I don't have a good answer for that. That that alone right there should make the people that you that you just described question it just a little bit. I mean, if people if people were paying attention and saw like the Fauci emails, like if like the stuff we've been talking about, Ralph Barry, Peter Daszak, you know, the NIH, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, like all this really um, to them it might sound conspiratorial, but it's just very like conflict of interest. You know what I mean? You got these shady characters. You got money moving around. You know, if if the average person isn't up on game as to what the hell is gain of function? Do y'all even know what gain of function is? Do y'all even know what they did and how this shit was man-made? You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's such a weird little virus. Um, if, if they don't really know the statistics, they're like, all right, man, 
I think Bill Maher uh, did a piece on this when he was like, we asked some Democrats and we asked some Republicans, like, what's your percentage of ending up in the hospital due to COVID? And most of the Democrats are like 50% chance, you know, Yeah. a certain percentage of them were like, you have a 30% chance. And they were way off. Nobody knows. It's like point zero zero or whatever. Yeah. And as, as, as like more of this like mandate talk and if your company has over a hundred employees, like you're going to have to force them to be vaccinated or terminate them or weekly test, which I came to find out today that like those, those tests that you can go find at like a uh, CVS or Walgreens or whatever, apparently they're like non-existent. Like you can't even find them anymore. So even if you wanted to go get a home test in most areas of the United States, you can't even find the test. And when you ask them, when are they going to restock? They have no idea. Really? Yeah. So, I had no idea there was like a cause shortage. We, yeah. We just went uh, yesterday. I was trying to find one for uh, my three-year-old. I was, they had the nostril ones, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see if they had like the little urine one because, you know, I wasn't trying to shove stuff up her nose. No, we did that with our with our one of ours, and his nose started to bleed right away. Oh man! Yeah, man, did you get way up in there? What happened? Uh, I don't know. It wasn't that even that deep. We, well, we didn't do it. It was at a at a at a little fucking urgent care or whatever. This was months ago, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know, kids sensitive noses. You can't really stick it that far back before they start bleeding. Ouch. But um, I sent you a couple of questions that listeners sent in on Friday that we didn't get to. It's just three of them. You want to read them and riff on some of these? How did you send them to me? I texted uh, them to you, I think. Okay, there it is. I got it. Now, here we go. Irene 310 says, Any tips with how to deal with an employer who is requiring the experimental vacuna? In L.A., a few friends have complied only to keep their paycheck, and it breaks my heart. Coercion is not consent. I can't believe this is an issue in the land of the free. No one cared about your flu uh, vac status or walked around with a mask on during flu season uh parentheses the flu can be just as deadly to the vulnerable so it seems hypocritical great question basically tips on how to deal with an employer so here's a couple things i heard you know because i i ain't really had a real job in a long time but basically i heard the advice of don't quit get fired right that way you got some stance in case you got to sue their ass yep um, number one, that's one tip. Um, shit, let me see. Uh, she said some of her friends have complied just to keep the paycheck. A second I tip I that, would give too, real quick, is that I've heard people say, you know how like these vaccine companies, they, they have no responsibility, you know? They're not liable if anything happens to you. I don't know what the, the new OSHA rulings are going to be or the verbiage around it or whatever, but have your employer give them a, a piece of paper that says that you'll take it if they take responsibility for any adverse effects. Because kind of like if you work, uh, let's just say you're an iron worker and you're wearing a harness and the harness breaks, that is a safety issue that now the company's liable for. This is no different. The company made you wear that harness, it broke, they're liable. The company's making you take this jab, you got adverse effects, you're, you're liable. Yeah. So let's see if they sign it. If they sign that piece of paper, then it's on you to make that decision. But if they don't want to take responsibility, then don't quit, get fired, get terminated, and see what happens. I also heard... Um I don't know which companies are going to allow a religious or uh, like personal beliefs exemption. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I have, but but I heard, I don't know, I saw this somewhere that the exemptions weren't going to apply to this mandate, this employee mandate. Yeah, I guess it depends. And uh, one of the upsetting things about it is that like they're using OSHA. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. to me, OSHA was always legit. Like, uh, you know, I used to do a little bit of construction play, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay. 
Now, anyway, I was on a cleanup crew. My brother-in-law hooked me up with, with the job when they were building Minute Maid Field. But, um, you know, he was he's a safety manager, so I would always hear about OSHA. Like, oh, yeah, OSHA going to make sure, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. ain't up there with no harness. You're going to fall, break your neck, and right. this and that. And it's like, oh, shit, the government is using different tactics and different agencies. And I'm already, like kind of skeptical when you start hearing like how our intelligence agencies have been weaponized or like how our upper military people are making bad decisions where it's like nobody gets fired. They're acting like politicians and they're doing weird war strategy. Like they're being, they're, they're too busy being woke and they're not focusing on, Hey man, how are we going to beat these terrorists Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not leave them $84 billion worth of shit? Um, so I guess my advice to Irene is, um, look into any exemptions, whether it's like, shit, there might be a way to get a medical exemption. Maybe, maybe personal beliefs, religious beliefs. Also don't quit, get fired. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I'm, I'm going to send you two podcasts that I was catching up on some quote, the Raven shows and you know, it's all about pers- It's all about finance, you know, global economic, macroeconomic, all that kind of stuff. He had two recent guests on that were really good. And one of them was like, one of them was a lot about China, um, and one of them was a lot about uh, what do they call it? Like safe, safe money, safe money uh, managing or safe money tactics or whatever. Like talking about you know the Federal Reserve and stocks and gold and all that. And they they broke it down in really interesting ways. So I'm gonna share those with you and then get Chris back on RPT because he's been doing a lot of good podcasts about what's going on. And one of the little points, one of the little crumbs that I'll leave you with right now and the listeners is that. For everything that China's like doing right as far as like becoming this this dominant superpower that could, you know, overthrow the United States eventually, right? Some might say they already have in certain aspects, but what they're not doing right or what's not going well for them is that for being this huge communist, you know, country, they're trying to like they're trying to have some sort of um capitalism also working, you know, co- you know, with it, but it, it, it's not working well. Like they're talking about opening up their own stock exchange or talking about doing a lot of things that just aren't really working well. And it's kind of, it's making it crumble faster than people had anticipated as far as that regard. So when it comes to the dollar ever getting overthrown as a, as a reserve currency, the way they were des- uh, describing it is that it's, there's no possible way, at least for, for even China to take it over, because you can't have such a communist style country try to make capitalism work with it and have it be a, a reserve currency for the world. Like it just wouldn't work. And I was like, oh, okay, I haven't really heard it described that way. So basically, the yen or whatever, what do they use again? What is China's currency? Uh, was it yen? No, I think that might be Japan. Uh, I forget. I forgot what it's called. I, no. I went to China and uh, declined. Yeah, I went to China and I don't even know. I can't remember. But um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I've been hearing about that. Um, that basically, if they went too capitalistic in China, the disparity would would even, you know, I guess. Yeah, and also they wouldn't be able to wrangle in these companies that got too big. Like what, like Jack Ma, the guy from Alibaba, I think it is. He started talking a little bit too out of turn, and they hushed him, you know, real quick. But some of these people could, could get too big to where even the CCP wouldn't be able to shut them down. When you are relying on them and their companies to, you know, push up or prop up your whatever currency or stock exchange or what have you, so I think it's something that they'll never. I mean, personally, I'm just based off this one fucking podcast and an article that I read. That's it, something that doesn't seem like they could do. I mean, they might win in other ways, and they might like have upper hands in other ways. But as far as like 
taking over this, you know, country? I don't know. Well, I know um, besides China, I heard that, you know, maybe even Saudi Arabia can move away from using the U.S. dollar as the standard. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure how that works, like how they vote or decide or, or if they say, hey, we're not going to we're not going to base our currency off the dollar. Um but definitely to me, all the economic stuff, that's a big concern. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, like I said earlier, it's not, the, it's not the jab itself that scares me all the way. You know what I'm saying? It's not that itself. It's more like all the overreach, how they're taking over the medical field, how they're just manipulating information, how they're censoring, you know, you know what I mean? Just the whole mm-hmm. overall part. You know, and we posted that clip on the What Did He Said page um, where they were talking about ICUs and how they're like full capacity. And then when it was explained by one of the presidents or one of the guys that runs Methodist here in Houston that ICUs and hospitals, they run at capacity anyway. They're always at capacity. That's just how they run as a business model. I had never heard that said anywhere like that or described that way. I was like, okay, that should take some of that argument out of the conversation when people were like, well, the ice, they're running out of beds. Like, no, that's literally how they run. And I think one in four now are COVID patients versus, you know, 2019, it wasn't the case. That's just, again, going back to the beginning of the podcast is like, find the argument that you're being assigned to you or the opinion is being assigned to you and then find the contradictory point because it's always out there. Don Lemon's not telling you 100% of the factual truth. They're just yeah. telling you what they know. Or yeah, it's like claim how, to know. It, it's like how to lie with statistics. Yeah. So, for example, they'll say, you know, this many ICU beds taken up, and then they'll try to find a way to blame it on the unvaxxed. Mm-hmm. When it's like, okay, well, it's all case by case. You know, are you saying, are you telling me how many of those people are obese too? Are you telling me their vitamin D levels? Are you telling me their comorbidities? Are you telling me their age as well? Are you telling me who's vaxxed and who ain't vaxxed? Because last time I checked, you can have the jab and still have it, still catch it, still spread it. I mean, I know for a while the argument was, well, you just don't catch it as bad and they might keep you from going to the hospital. And it's like now I don't even know what to believe. Yeah. <laughs> one 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 argument I heard was that it may be better for you to just have the jab and avoid the effects of long term COVID, which I guess we don't really know how long-term COVID is going to affect certain people and will the jab make it less bad in terms of long-term COVID? In that same conversation, we don't know long-term jab. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. And and in the process, and in the process, they really just trying to do a um, medical apartheid, medical tyranny, and they're really just trying to figure out how they can get this Vax passport that'll have your social credit score, your digital currency, and all your medical shit all wrapped in one, so we know where you're at, where you're going, you know, where you're headed to, where you've been, who you're with, what you spend your money on, how long you were there, uh, you know, anything that's, like, unsavory to them, like, that can mess up your your social credit score. Like, oh, you was over there gambling, you know. Oh, you like Hennessy, you know. Oh, man, there was one <laughs> thing. Hot Cheetos. There was one thing that did get passed here recently through something. Uh, maybe you heard about it, where if it's any... Any transaction over six hundred dollars, the, the the government will know about it and wants it monitored. Did you hear that? Yeah, that the IRS wants to uh, be all up in your business. Yeah, before because before it was like ten ten grand, anything over ten. Then it was like anything over five. And now it's anything over six hundred. I wonder 
who made those changes and why. Like, this is all happening during the Biden regime. So, like, who's in charge of the IRS and who would make that kind of call? Right. Um, and surveying over $600, if anything comes up. That's that's one of those, like, overreach, scary conversations that people will ignore. The $600 rule applies to the business paying you the money, not to you. The IRS requires that if a business remits $600 or more to you during a tax year, it must... Well, that's different. That's mm, that's 1099 type shit. I have to look into it. Because that was, that was really, like, really, really overreach. Yeah. Just, you know, privacy is dead. Uh, here's a question from Brian Altenoff. He said, what up, Ching on Rob? Your thoughts on Portland and business like GoDaddy trying to boycott this great state of Texas because of the abortion bill that was signed? Thoughts on Portland? Um, I mean, I think Portland needs more from us than we're going to need from Portland. So <laughs> wait, part, wait, so Portland's trying to boycott Texas? Yeah. How? Because GoDaddy's based out of Portland? Uh, I, I guess so. I didn't know that. But I also I'm read that... They're trying to keep goods from from Texas going to Portland, which could cost suppliers here in Texas money if they don't export, I guess, to that state. So a state could say like, so for are they saying like if it's made in Texas or if it's a Texas-based company mm-hmm. or what exactly? The Portland, what was it? Portland, what were they doing? Um, I guess you said Portland and businesses like GoDaddy trying to boycott texas well okay so i'm a texas-based comedian can i go to portland (laughs) (laughs) and if i make products here in texas can i ship them to portland so portland oregon may boycott texas business over states new abortion law the city of portland oregon's plan to boycott texas goods and services over its new abortion law could cost texas companies millions of dollars a year officials said tuesday a spokesperson with with the office of management and finance said portland has linked uh, has inked almost $35 million in contracts with Texas-based businesses over the last five years, the Oregon slash Oregon Live reported. Uh, she also said the Portland employees have 19 separate trips to the Lone Star State on official business since 2019. A number of said would have been significantly higher. Uh, had that... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's all it says. And that was from CBS News. So, yeah, mm. I don't know. I'm starting to think this was just Texas's way of, like, triggering liberal blue states yeah i heard somebody say it's a way to get people to not move here (laughs) yeah i'm like damn okay no i get it though man that 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 that's a touchy one the whole abortion thing because it's all how you look at it it's like is it a women's issue is you know what i mean like can can men have an opinion about it and so on right i get it uh now go ahead we have one more question yeah, from Hector J. Mises. Mises, I don't know how to say it. What up, Chingon Rob? Question on hyperinflation. In the event of hyperinflation, the U.S. dollar ceases to become global reserve currency and every American standard of living spirals downward. As currency becomes worthless and access to credit dries up, in that scenario, one, what do y'all think replaces the dollar? Uh, have you heard of the SDR? Two, how do you personally prepare for the scenario is you see it as something plausible in the next decade or sooner. Well, start thinking about precious, uh, what is it? Uh, precious minerals. minerals. Yeah. Yeah. Precious metals Bullion. Like yeah. Which, that's which, bu- uh, like precious metals, gold, silver, like bullion suppliers that can, you can actually call and, and get that stuff. 
you know, um, I forgot. There's like a company that, that advertises in a lot of shows, but that's one of the things that I was here, uh, Chris Irons talk about and quote the Raven and that particular podcast I'm referring that I'm going to send you, they talked about that. I just have to remember what number it was. Um, I don't see, I personally, I mean, I, I mean, you listen to Peter Schiff, George Gammon, uh, even Chris and some of the guests that he has on. If anything, they, some of them do say that it could go to a digital currency. Will it be Bitcoin? Will it be one of these other altcoins? Like who knows, but it's not going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be, uh, you know, just overnight. It's going to take some time and we're going to have a heads up. But one thing that they say to always or to never overlook is precious metals, gold and silver, like that's step one. And then research from there. Yes, because uh, the reason they recommend that is because it's like an old school, like monetary type of system versus everything that's hop- happening with the, the modern system is it just looks real shaky for the dollar so i think there's a great question hector because that's where my mind is all the time which is like economics you know especially like if you're a lefty larry or a biden supporter like at some point you know how bad does stuff have to get for you to start being like okay let me let me see what trump was talking about or let me see what some of these crazy republicans or let me see what you know ching and rob have to say on this little podcast of theirs because you know like that's something that affects everybody uh, inflation is a thing. Um, I think one month it went up like 3.5% for us. Uh, some would argue that we're in stagflation, which is like low job growth plus inflation. Um, inflation is one of the either causes or symptoms of what, what led to Venezuela's demise. Like their inflation is so fucking crazy, obviously for different reasons, different factors. It's like apples and oranges, but it ain't looking too peachy for America. You know what I mean? So although it may take long and all that, we should definitely keep keep an eye on like, okay, the cost of goods are going up because inflation and, and cost of goods going up, it's like a tax on the middle class. Like it's like a hidden tax on the citizen where it's like they're taxing your ass. Yeah, dude. Dude, especially California, bro. They're like at five and some change or something. For what? What ta- Which tax? Gas. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gallon of gas. Um, shit. How much is it here? Uh, I finally I, had to fill that Tahoe. By the way, oh, <laughs> how much was it? Like eighty-five. Man, I put medium grade. That shit was eighty dollars. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> hey, bus. business purposes though. Well, it was just hauling kids around, really, for me. I mean, make them a part of the act. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, man, we're gonna have to start vlogging or something. But um, the bling so yeah, on the bus. Okay. Yeah, so we talked about this just prior because you were talking about how how could it cease? How could the dollar cease to be the global reserve currency? Mm-hmm. Um, the way I've heard this kind of stuff explained is it's a little complex for me, man. But the way I've heard it explained is like normally when you want to print print up money. You know, like when I guess when Trump was in office, anytime he wanted to print up money, they were like, "You have it has to be paid for itself. Like you got to back it up. You got to balance it. You got to figure out a way. I don't know if it's GDP or what, but um, supposedly what happened to Argentina is anytime they wanted to print up money, like they were having to back it up. They weren't the the uh, the standard currency like we are. Hmm. So I guess anytime we're trying to print up money. We have to sell like government bonds to the Japanese, to the CCP, to like Saudi Arabia, just different countries. 
but I believe right now they have they have enough. Like we they have all the bonds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're good. We're all set. Japan's all set on your government bonds, buddy. So they keep doing three point five trillion on infrastructure. Uh, three another two point nine on this. Five trillion on that. It's like ten, twelve trillion. And from what I heard, I think in October the federal our federal government is about to be out of money, and they're going to want them to do a government shutdown. So that may be on the horizon. And then they'll print some more money and the wheel goes and, round and round. Yeah. And then that causes more inflation, right? Mm-hmm. And then does the value of the dollar, like the purchasing power go down? Of course. Yeah. And so well, some of these people, some of these economists say like the ones that are really, that, that never get any TV time, any airtime, will say that the only solution is for this, this monetary federal reserve, you know, fiat currency, whatever, all to just come to a screeching halt and we got to go back to it backed by something. We got to start over. And when they say start over, they don't literally mean like it's worth nothing. Everybody loses their money, but it's like the system needs to be rebuilt somehow. And I want to read Ron Paul's book, which I'm sure some of the listeners have probably read it or listened to him. I've listened to him talk on interviews and stuff, but I want to understand more of the Federal Reserve and why the Fed is the big enemy, you know, in, in more detailed ways so we can, you know, chop it up more about it. But it's once I hear people that know about it talk about it, it sounds like a scary fucking thing that just went awry and has its own, has a mind of its own, and it, it literally rules everything. That If I had a piece of paper here, which is just like what a dollar is, just to wave a piece of paper here, that's what rules everything. And it, all this crazy fuckery that happens is over just all those pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. But hey, you got to get yeah, the bags to live. Yeah, we definitely got to keep an eye on it. Um, definitely a big concern. Great question, Hector. You know, the average American, man, like start getting familiar with some of these terms. You know, it will behoove you. <laughs> one cat. Well, when I used to sell a siding door to door, one of the salesmen, that was his shit. The word behoove. You've said like, it a few times and it's hilarious every time you say it. Yeah, because he would he go knock on the door. He'd be like, uh, "Apparently, some of your siding is out of whack. It would behoove you <laughs> to buy some of our siding." You wouldn't even but, use uh, it in the right terms. Like, it would behoove you to trust me. Yeah, no, that that dude, man, that dude was a character. He reminded me of somebody off King of the Hill, like Boomhauer. He, he smoked so many cigarettes, bro. He would like hawk up nasty shit out of his lungs, bro. His teeth were fucked up. But anyway. Um, it will behoove you to get familiar with some of these economic terms because you definitely don't want to be in a situation where like, obviously we're not Venezuela. That's like apples and oranges, but their inflation got so bad that their money was worth nothing. And the cost of goods went, you know, in the opposite direction or whatever, I guess the same direction where like, if you wanted to buy a little bushel of carrots or something, it's like $1,500 or yeah. some shit. Yeah, and, and and things like uh, we talked about it with Chris Hines the first time he was on, like learning about Keynesianism and the Austrian economics, like just kind of understanding those as, as like just fundamentally, I guess will maybe make more sense when people throw around words, which I I I don't understand them other than just the fundamentals. But it's stuff like that that's like, why are we 30s and 40s and not knowing what a lot of this stuff means, you know? But it's by design, honestly. It's, it sounds conspiratorial, but they don't want you to know that. Yeah, man, shit gets real complex in that department, for sure. But uh, and, let's, uh, let's uh, well, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, like, I kept my notes from the last time we had Chris Irons on. Uh, they're somewhere. Yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, I definitely want to brush up on that and have him back on so he can school us. Yeah, man. Well, let's let you get to dinner. Let's leave him everybody with a positive note. It's only Monday, but they'll get this on Wednesday, and then by that time you'll be in California. We'll do another podcast tomorrow. Yeah, God willing, man. I, honestly, bro, we're just keeping an eye on the weather, so I'm kind of torn. I'm, I might have to post a video letting Bray and Oxnard know, like, "Yo, Bray, Oxnard, I'm on my way. I'm scheduled to be there." Uh, however, we just got to keep an eye on the storm. You know, I just don't know how to say it yeah. to where they're not like, uh, do I get my money back? What do we do? Fuck it. Just go all but, in and be like, hey, this storm's not slowing me down. Get your tickets. I'll see you on, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Fuck it, right? Double down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to leave my family behind I'm, and to deal with the water. I'm doing it for the people. You're my yeah. people. Yeah. So, uh, hey, fe- hey, fellas, at the end of the day, you know, uh, psh- Safety first. <laughs> oh, before we Safety. go, before we go, last thing. Yeah. So Trump and Trump Jr. They they were calling some of the uh, boxing fights, the celebrity, you know, the the legends card with like Evander Holyfield fought uh, Vitor Belfort, uh, Tito Ortiz fought Anderson Silva. Well, I saw the clip where you know when Trump gets on screen, they're like, "We love Trump." Did you see this? We love Trump. Yep. And then right after that, they're all like, "Fuck Joe Biden, FBJ." Yeah. And then he, he's just like, they zoom in on him. He's like. Isn't that great? That's great. He's just like so he, casual. He even like stood, he even like stood up for a while. Yeah, like, yeah, dude. I mean, I it's it's gonna get your popcorn. Yes, it's gonna be very interesting to just see more of this type of phenomenon happen more and more because sporting events are open. It's almost like this facade of like we must shut down our economy. We must mandate everything. This is the deadliest thing ever, and. But you're seeing these packed places and then you're seeing Biden's credibility getting questioned every turn of the way. It is like to me, bro, the fact that we're even having this like political type podcast to me, it's super entertaining. Yeah, it's super entertaining when you look at like when you factor in the media spin, the propaganda, the two movies on one screen, like how news bubbles, uh, narratives, um, and then just and then it's scary also to watch like, yo, this dude just got on TV and said, I'm about to force y'all. Like, for example, man, um, they're about to start mandating, I think, L.A. school district, 12 year olds or, or something like that. 12 year olds and up. They got to get the jab. And I told Jerry, I was like, Jerry, did you hear about this? He's like, yeah, fool. Yeah. And, and like nothing. I was like, OK, let me change the subject. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, like it's one thing for a grown-up to do it but it's like the 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 virus this is how i look at it i'm not a virologist but i'm like the virus don't even affect the kids mm-hmm. like that right i mean i'm sure there's these rare breakthrough type cases and i'm sure they can kind of like be little spreaders but i'm like yo bro you really about to jab that you about to mandate like what 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 are the how are the parents going to react Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to, re- you know, hopefully nobody has any adverse effects. But if they do, the parent has to live with the, with the, with the, like the knowing that that was their choice. That was their decision. Nobody forced them, which is a better alternative rather than being forced to having to do it. And then you do it because you were forced to. And then that happens. If you've made the choice, and, that's the choice you got to live with. And then the doctor that gets on TV that's recommending all this stuff somehow was involved in it being created due to funding and gain of function. So it's like the craziest time to be alive. Um, I I will say thanks to everybody who's been coming to the shows. The feedback has been amazing. The crowds have been great. 
um, great, great feedback. Like, yo, bro, you fucking murdered it. Like, even all my comedian homies are like, yo, bro, you're like, we see the progress. Like, you, you've come a long way. Um, and then just getting to meet everybody after and people saying, like, thank you for what you're doing. Like, we could, oh, bro, bro, when you get back, when we get back in studio, mm-hmm. there's this big ass bullet. It's a, it's a bottle opener, right? Yeah. But it has like a Border Patrol thing. They gave it to me, right? Oh, Big ass bullet. Have you seen those where it's like a bottle opener? Uh-uh. Well, I have it on the shelf in the studio. And um, I brought it on the plane. And of course, they had to pull it out the bag. They didn't see <laughs> everything else I had in there, but they definitely pulled that out. And they kept it moving. But, um, you know, all the Border Patrol people are like, hey, man, we got your back. You know, police folk. Just a whole different variety uh, uh, like the fan base is just getting more diverse. It is, yeah. And we appreciate those that go the extra mile and support us on Patreon because uh, like every other conservative to conservative-ish show, the monetization is removed from YouTube. You can't talk about any of this stuff. So if you like it and you dig it and you become a TIA member, we greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, because I know I stuck my neck out and I took a big old risk, but uh, but you guys definitely caught me. Y'all like this parachute that's like, nah, bro, talk your shit. We got your back. <laughs> and uh, that's why they're the most important part of this podcast. Shout out to the Thea. And uh, you guys have a hell of a day, hell of a week. We'll be back with more content. Hit up the Patreon. We got all kind of shows. Hell yeah, I can hear Penny over there. Luita. Yeah, she's opening the door as that's we funny. speak. All right, man. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. Talk to you later. See Peace.